Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. A listener production. Hey, I'm pro surfer and mental health advocate, Kubi Chapman, and this is Good Humans. On this episode, I'm hanging out with big wave surfer and a girl I basically call my sister, Laura Enova. In this chat, she talks to me about what she did when everybody else was expecting her to stay on the pro circuit or become a model, and that was to follow her dreams of becoming a big wave surfer at places like Jaws on the island of Maui in Hawaii, where the waves can get as big as buildings. Laura and I caught up at our home break of North Narrabeen in Sydney after she'd pulled an all-nighter editing a big wave film, Undone, which I've now seen, and let me tell you, it's awesome. It's the first time I've ever actually stayed up all night. We arrived in the studio at like 12pm on Sunday and worked and edited all the way through till 9.30am on Monday morning. And um, it might be a bit wacky today, that's probably why I probably have a bit of lack of sleep. But um, yeah, I've been working on this project, this film for about two years now. Biggest, wildest journey, I think, of my life making this film. And, you know, it's an independent film, low budget, passion project. And I look back at it now and I'm like, wow, I can't believe we did it. Like if Riding the big waves wasn't hard enough, just like making the movie was like 10 times harder, but we got there. So super, super proud of it. And yeah, really can't wait to show everyone it come, it'll be on iTunes. So yeah. Pretty exciting. I mean, for a girl surfer to be chasing big waves is extremely rare and it's really cool to watch you do it. I know you've had an extremely successful career competitive surfing. So, but how is that transition going from being a competitive surfer for I mean, 15 years probably to dropping the rash vest off and getting into big wave surfing. It was really interesting, actually. Like I, I qualified for the world tour when I was 18 and actually I was 17, but by the time I'd done, I was competing my first event on tour, I was 18. And when I was on tour and, you know, I, I found myself competing so much and doing like, you know, at times 18 contests a year and you know, trying to stay on the world tour and trying to get the best results I could get on, on the dream tour there and, you know, go for world titles. That was my dream for a while. And, um, you know, after, you know, maybe five years on the tour, I started getting, just starting, started feeling like something was missing. And I always loved big waves since I was young. And I always kind of just had that, you know, no fear about, about me and kind of just like a bit of an adrenaline junkie, I guess. But, um, I think it was 2016, I came off like a quite a, a rough year where you know, I was still getting results and on tour and I was still making good money and I still had all these sponsors but yeah felt felt empty and felt like yeah not fulfilled and I made a big um, promise to myself that I was going to invest in going on more big wave surf trips the next year and so when I saw a swell I'd 
call up whoever I knew that was like would always go be going to these swells and and start going and that eventually snowballed and you know from getting the best waves of my life at you know places like cloud break in Fiji and Micronesia to then getting invited to do the first ever big wave women event at Jaws in 2016 and I had absolutely no experience in you know surfing Jaws I hadn't even ridden a big board but I, I decided I just wanted to go see it and go try and um, yeah, really threw myself into what was probably the most dangerous situation of my life. <laughs> and um, being in those waves at Jaws kind of just changed me. And, like, I, I didn't make a wave. I went there and basically just got the biggest wipeouts ever. Like, <laughs> they're like, the, it was like the worst wipeouts of my life. And um, I got injured when I was at Jaws. I tore my MCL and it stopped me from competing the next year for about three or four events. And that led me to falling off the world tour the next year and um, I kind of just had a long hard think and yeah sat down and was like do I want to go back to competing or do I want to just go try and like work my way up to going back there and making a wave and it was like that injury came at the right time to be like okay well you're being forced to you know really think about this and yeah I decided to just pull the rug out and and um, really go for big wave surfing so yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's it's really exciting watching you do that. And if anybody wants to see Laura, type in Laura Enova Jaws on Google and I'm sure a lot of footage will come up. It's absolutely unbelievable what she's done out there and what she continues to do in big ways. Her movie's going to show it off. And I'm, you'll see that Laura's not only a crazy surfer, but she probably weighs sub 50 kilos. She's about five foot seven and she's not your picturesque big wave women surfers. She's like a cute, young, <laughs> beautiful girl. She's like a sister to me and she's, uh, it's, it's crazy to see what she can do. But tell me a little bit about finding that passion and take, making that leap, I guess, from competitive surfing and that pressure that probably sponsors and family put on you. Now, would you look back and do you regret anything? The first year where I, you know, it was, you know, stubborn and decided I would stop competing, I, it was probably one of the hardy, hardest years I'd had, like, ever had. I, um, I had so many doubts. I had so many moments where I was like, have I made the right decision? You know, am I doing the right thing for me and my career? And, you know, there's no money in big wave surfing. You're basically just spending money to do it. It's like all these trips that you go on, it, it's all passion. It's all, you know, for the feeling you get from riding these waves. So it's all, it's pretty wild to think that, yeah, you leave, you know, competing, especially right after I left competing, you know, equal prize money came in for men and women. So I didn't really get the, um, you know, I didn't really get the advantage of having equal prize money when I was on tour. But, you know, my sponsors for a while, like they were putting pressure on, not, I think I was putting pressure on myself, but was also worried what my sponsors would think because, you know, the publicity you get from being on the tour and, you know, all these campaigns and shoots that I was doing, it's, I think people thought I was going to go down just the model personality route and, you know, there was times where I, like, it's like you're trying to elevate a pitch your new life to someone in, like, 30 seconds and explain to them what your, your new thing is and I remember feeling just filled with so much anxiety about telling people that I wanted to be a big wave surfer and, you know, that I wanted to do this new thing and I was so nervous to even say it and I, I feel like I just avoided telling people what I was doing and people just thought I was going to retire or be like a model or like just do all this stuff that but I still didn't feel like I could be like I'm, I'm a big wave surfer now so like I didn't even know how to ride a jet ski I didn't know how to I didn't know a lot of things about big wave surfing I knew I wanted to do it but I and I, I just wanted to be taken seriously honestly like I had 
my biggest fear was that I was going to these waves and everyone just maybe looked at me as this like competitive surfer girl that was trying to do something she shouldn't have been doing and um yeah I got really insecure sometimes going to these waves that you know people would be like what what is she doing here like what is she trying to get out of this like be like a bit of a hero here or something and took me a while to get over that feeling of people taking me seriously and you know I I end up having to drop that because it's just kind of me just not valuing myself and really diving into what I want to do and as soon as I kind of dropped that feeling of like worrying about what other people thought of me at these waves or what other people thought of me what I was doing in general I I started having the best time ever and I started going to these waves and doing it for me and like every wave was for me and it was so much sweeter and more fulfilling and now I look back and I don't regret a thing at all. Yeah that's so cool obviously the fear of big waves is one thing but it sounds like you never actually had the fear of the big waves you were more so fearful of what people thought of you and it's crazy to think that society puts this expectation on you being a young beautiful girl that yeah you could have gone the modeling or you could have done anything but what was your process to get over I guess what people thought of you why do I care so much is there anything that you did that helped you get over it I think I just realized that um I was falling into like a really bad pattern and I was realizing the same pattern after I decided to do big wave surfing um and make that transition that I had that happen when I first got on the world tour like results defined me. If I did good in a contest, I'd feel so good. I feel so confident. I felt like I could be who I was and walk around and have fun. And then as soon as I started going bad in comps or getting bad results, I literally felt like I had to hide in a shell and like, you know, be like less of the person I was and not have as much fun or not be as loud or not like had to change or, you know, had to change who I was. And it was like these results were defining like how I was as myself. And it was confusing and, you know, you don't ever want to have to go through life and have a wave, a result or anything make you a better person and it's all, I guess, valuing yourself and, like, I remember I couldn't make a heat for eight contests in a row and everyone around me and my whole team were, like, freaking out and my sponsors were like, what's wrong with you? And, you know, I went from being this girl that would win everything as a young grom to, like, not being able to make a heat on tour and everything was falling apart and... Yeah, I felt so down. I felt like I literally had to hide in a shell and couldn't be the fun girl anymore. And I've always just been like the fun, happy-go-lucky girl. And everyone was like, you know, you're not taking this seriously enough and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm not going to change who I am to to be a world champion. Like, that's not going to make me happy. So I think that I'd rather, you know, do my own thing, have my own goals, have my own little wins internally that... I just had to really define what success meant to me and when I found that I was just so much happier like I think I just really searched inside and realized what it meant to be winning for for just me and um I don't know if that that wasn't some people might think that's cutting yourself short from your goals but yeah I'd rather do what I love and be happy and be who I am and yeah when I was doing big wave surfing I, I started feeling like I was you know there was a couple of trips where I'd go on a trip and I'd get a wave and I'd and I'd feel like, oh, my God, that was defining me for a while. And then I, I realised I was falling into the same pattern and as I was on tour. And so, yeah, I had to really start making my own goals and start taking away surfing and thinking about what my successes in daily life were. And, you know, if, I, if you take away your career and you, like, could never, I could never surf again, like, what is going to make me happy and what makes me feel like I'm personally living... like a really valuable life and valuing myself so 
I guess if I have any advice, it's like no matter what your job is, like it should never define you. It's like you define you define yourself first and then your job and your success in your job and your career comes next. You touched a little bit on before about you could have gone the model route or this route. When you first came into being a pro surfer, it was right around the time that girls were transitioning from an era of really strong athletic you guys were the first girls that were really beautiful and a lot of the brands started to market that. Was Did you feel like there was a lot of pressure to look beautiful and wear the small bikinis? Because I know nowadays so many girls have pressures on social media and stuff. How was that when you transitioned into your early surf career? When I first started surfing, I was... This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The biggest tomboy, I actually thought I was a boy. And it was, you know, all the girls at the time like that I looked up to were all tomboys. And when those girls started surfing, there, there was no surf brands. Like, you know, there was no bikinis or board shorts for girls, surfers. Like, they didn't even wear wetsuits. Like, we used to wear boys' wetsuits and, and stuff. And um, I'm not even that old, but it's like, yeah, when I turned, like, when I was 16, 17, like, turned super, super girly and... You know, all my my girlfriends at my age, we were super into like yeah, bikinis and being really feminine and like literally just being like full blown girly girls. And by the time I was eighteen, I was doing like a sexy magazine photo shoot for Stab Mag, and I was on the cover. And like I, my twelve year old self would probably like have died knowing that like eight years later I was going to be on the cover half nude of Stab Mag. And you know, it was kind of all just happened really fast. Where yeah, surfing did get quite sexualized in the women's area and I remember being like my second year on tour I I went up and saw these young girls on the Gold Coast and I was surfing with them all and then I got them all on Instagram and then I just started noticing like a few couple of years later they'd all grown up and like next minute like all the girls I could just tell like they, they started posting like sexier and sexier photos in bikinis and I started noticing I was like wow like every like, I think young girls actually starting to think that you know, their value is becoming more looks than surfing. I guess my advice for any young girls is, and especially me now, like, you just got to be yourself on Instagram. You got to post what you want. And to me, like, taking away the likes um, on Instagram has changed so much here in Australia. I can't believe they haven't done it around the world because, yeah, why should we be judged on another platform like why I, I and I started getting pissed off because I was like well I'm getting judged in surfing I'm getting and now we're getting judged on on Instagram and to be able to post things that you like and your style and, and stuff that's what what Instagram should be about it's creative platform I I started noticing that I would go to post a photo and then I'd second guess it and be like do I want to post this and I'm like why am I even overthinking posting a photo it's Instagram and then I kind of was like you know 
wasn't posting photos in bikinis and just noticed I was like, I am losing followers so much. And and it actually got to a point where I remember my mum and I, my mum and dad were everyone like, Laura, you need to post more. Like, you know, you like your followers are going down. I was like, you know what? I would rather post photos that I want to post and have less followers. Like, you know, for a while it was hard. I was like, you know, I could get more money posting more photos, making more having more followers, getting more jobs. But I'm like, it actually started feeling empowering for me to like lose followers knowing and then like to be able to post more and more surfing and to post more and more what I'm actually doing and what I love. And I I hope that I can just have the right people there following me, not just boys or men that were there posting, like waiting for a bikini photo. It's like, yeah. And and when I realised that, I was like, you know what, who do I want to inspire? I want to inspire people with what I'm doing, surfing, with who I am, which is like sometimes funny person that doesn't take life too seriously type of person. And also to spread as much awareness about looking after our planet and all these bigger issues that for a while I still didn't even think I could talk about because I didn't, yeah, I didn't finish school. I'm not that informed, but I'm learning. And I'm like, I feel like where I'm at in my life now is that I want to use the platform for for good and to inspire. And I think that's what everyone's starting to realise now. Now that likes are gone, the best things that I get out of Instagram is learning about the planet, seeing people, especially, you know, with the fires. Look how everyone stopped posting anything about fashion or bikinis or anything and everyone rallied together on Instagram and just raised so much money and was spreading so much awareness. And it actually, like, gives me goosebumps to think about how, yeah, people stopped with all this stuff that kind of doesn't matter and we're, we're like all that matters is those families, those animals, those farmers that just the people that were suffering in the fires and it's really it was so heartwarming for me to see um just how much people were like let's rally and help who needs it yeah it's so that's so beautiful the way you put that and the way that you can see things that matter what you try and base your life around and tell me about some times in your life where there's been roadblocks put in your way that have taken you away from being that happy-go-lucky person and how you've brought yourself back Growing up, like, I literally didn't have a care in the world. I was, like, just love surfing, just love doing all my sports. Like, I think that I was just, you know, travelled the world and I was surfing and, and it was all so fun. I got on tour and then, yeah, the expectations and I just, like, I literally was, it was like I was never prepared for any sort of pressure in my life and all of a sudden it hit me in the face in the form of, like, panic attacks in heats and, you know, from never even caring about results. Like I remember I used to like lose and and be so happy when I was younger and, you know, obviously not always happy, but like I actually kind of was. It's actually wild. Like I didn't give a crap about anything and I just loved what I was doing and just had so much fun and then got on tour and, yeah, as soon as I started losing and couldn't make a heat, like I literally just was, yeah, never prepared for that and I started getting anxiety for the first time in my life and I couldn't, I didn't know how to deal with it. Like I even... And I didn't know how to how to get help and I didn't know how to ask for help. And I remember coming home after, I think it was my second year on tour, and saying to my mum and dad, I was like, I think I'm actually depressed. Like, you know, surfing isn't fun anymore and, like, I can't even drive past, I can't even drive into North Narrowing Car Park where I've grown up. Like, I start shaking. Like, I can't. I don't know what's wrong with me. I, I didn't know really what to do at the time and I went and saw a psychologist and I went and got, you know, just talked it out and was like, why? I think... What was making me feel worse was that I felt 
guilty for feeling bad. Like, you know, I was saying to myself, I'm like, yeah, why am I sad? This is so dumb. Like, you have the best life. You have the best family. You have the best friends. You have sponsors. You have everything is there. Like, why should I be feeling bad? And, um, yeah, I think once I kind of realised that it was okay to feel shit, like, and it was okay for me to just stop what I was doing and, you know, stop surfing for a while and surfing this thing that always brought me happiness, like, give it up for a while and just be like, okay, who is Laura without, yeah, the ocean? Who is Laura without, without competing? And I think finally after, like, two months, I just started just having fun with it again and... and, and you know, from doing something for 12, like since you're 12, like I was obsessed with surfing. Like I had to surf every day, I remember. And then to actually realise like, oh, like I actually don't need surfing to make me happy and started finding happiness outside of surfing and just in everyday life. And then going back into the ocean now, I'm like, I can't wait to get it in the water. And even if it's just to ride a 20 and just to have fun. Yeah, I love the idea of like taking a step back to take, I guess, a few steps forward. And like, that's something that I didn't even know about that two months out of the water and it's like mental health doesn't discriminate. It doesn't matter how if you're killing it. So many people who are really successful are really sad because they just feel, like you said, guilty. <laughs> it's it's crazy that we feel like that. What sort of stuff when you, you said you saw a psychologist and it's something that a lot of people, I guess, are scared of doing, was that something that you think really benefited you? Yeah, 100%. Well, talking to someone and not feeling bad about saying what you're saying because, you know, you know, you know, we live here in Australia, we get to surf, we, we you know, when I was travelling to third world countries, I'm like, like I just felt bad to even talk about my problems because, you know, people have it so much worse. But that is the worst. I, what I learned from seeing a psychologist is that's the worst thing that you can you can do and say to yourself. Like if you have that mindset of I can't feel bad because someone has it worse, it's you're never going to be able to get over and face what you're, what you're going through and you're never going to be able to help people because you can't even face what you're doing because you're like, oh, well, people have it worse, shut up, shut up. Like, as soon as I realised, like, no, i got to, like, literally dig deep and, like, find out what I'm feeling and where it's coming from and if it's... and and look at it in the face and then I can move forward and we're going to have, like, ups and downs our whole entire life. It's, it's like you get through one thing and then, you know, something else is going to happen and something else is going to um, hit you in the face and be a challenge and... Yeah, I just realised that we have to embrace the ups and downs and know that you can feel good from like a couple of months and everything is, you have these little wins and you feel really good, but a month later something might whack you in the face and get you really down again. And it's just another challenge that, you know, the ebbs and flows and the seasons of life that I think is just dealing with them the right way that makes you feel like so much more proud of yourself. Yeah, I love that, the seasons of life. I haven't heard that before. That's really cool. I guess life's like that. It's going to be ups and downs, but just your willingness and open to grow. And it's cool that it's obviously took you time to get to that point. And that shame and guilt in feeling bad when you're in a good situation is so normal. I have it all the time and I'm trying to get through it every day. Just reflecting on what matters. And we've talked about it plenty in this podcast is it sounds like every time you take a step back and polarize what really matters is when you get to the happiest points in your life. Like when you step back from surfing and then you went, you know what? Surfing isn't the only thing that makes me happy, but far out, it makes me bloody happy when I'm surfing. So I think just going along that kind of route of finding what matters to you is great. And then obviously like the money thing as well. It's like people feel so pressure of having money and having these goals in their life. And I think the one thing for me was like, I had this decision where I was like, I can just keep competing and stay kind of 
tenth spot in the tour and like make good money and then I was like, but why would I want to do that if I could try and make a living out of, you know, I'm obviously making less money doing what I'm doing now, but I'm, I'm, and you know, it's not, it's not like a solid thing that I might even be able to make money from this. Like I, I'm just going to try do it for now. And like, I just, you just have to stop thinking about the money side of things for a while sometimes and just start with what makes you feel like you're going to be happy and take that risk because yeah, we have one life and it's like, you know, at the end of the day, I could always go get a job. I get that. And it's a beautiful thing because like we, I touched on before, there's a lot of people who've got a lot of money that aren't happy and vice versa. There's a lot of people that are bloody happy but don't have that much money. They don't correspond in any way. Um, one last question, one sentence answer. It's going to be the last thing we say. What does being a good human mean to Laura Innova? Being nice to yourself and being nice to other people. Beautifully done. Laura Innova, check out her new film, Undone support her independent film. She's going to be surfing some of the most amazing waves. And, yeah, thanks for listening. Good Humans was presented by me, Cooper Chapman. Producer, Alex Mitchell. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. Listener. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.